Hello and welcome to Cult Picks Radio, WCPX, coming to you from all directions. With me, your host, Django Nudo. And me, the Smut Peddler. We are very, very happy here at Cult Picks Radio to introduce one of the most savvy film people I know about film history and also with roots in Argentina. And that is uh, Adrián García Bogliano. Very welcome. Hey, Ricardo, it's a pleasure, a pleasure to be here with you finally. Thank you so much for taking your time. I know you're very, very busy right now. Uh, just starting off, you are a director. You have you have a f one yeah. foot in Spain and one in Argentina and one in Mexico. Yeah. And how many feature films have you made now? Sure, I've made 14 feature films. Um, and yeah, yeah, I have a, have a you know, mixed uh, background there because I was, I was born in Spain, but I have Argentinian parents. Uh, I was born in Spain because they were uh, on the exile from the military dictatorship, which is, I think, part uh, of the background of what we're going to be talking today. Yes. Uh, and then, then I came back. Well, my mother came back to Argentina, and I, I, I went with her, and I lived in Argentina for more than twenty years, and that's uh, yeah, crucial years also for the for the story and the character that we're going to talk about today. That's fantastic. That's exactly what I hoped for. So this week's theme is something I basically stumbled on when I found that Something Weird video had three films made by the director Armando Bo with the uh, actress Isabel Sarli in the leads. And I had never really heard of them, I must confess. And I was mm -hmm. blown away by, by those titles. And then we started digging some more. And I don't know where to start, but... Um, what is your relationship to Bo and Sarli? Well, it, it's you know when I when I came to Argentina in the late '80s, I started hearing the name of Isabel Sarli and 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 Armando Bo and his son Victor Bo, um, and it was you know everything was just like vague references and 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 sexual references that that. You know, you you start hearing there. I was I was a kid uh, back then, so but I knew that there were these um, dirty pictures <laughs> that were very famous there um, in Argentina, and it took me a few years to actually get to see them uh, when I was a teenager, um, and and to discover the you know the the, the importance and the magnitude of these. Of these two characters, and I think one key element uh, for me to to really get to understand what they meant was uh, the work of uh, uh, one of the most important uh, film critics in Argentina, Diego Crubeto, mm -hmm. who is a big fan of of Sarli, and he he wrote a, a book that was like the quintessential reading for for us Argentinian lovers of the you know weird movies um uh he's i would say for 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 our listeners that he's kind of like the pit tombs of argentina something like that okay. and um he he was actually the one who made 
the documentary that I haven't seen yet on 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 Isabel Sarli. Uh, yeah, Cabin I've been Sobre looking Carne. for that. I, I would love to see yeah. that, but I don't know who, yeah, who yeah. distributes it really. I have no idea no. either. But no. he was the the one who who directed that that one, and yeah. he he had a he had a chapter in his book about you know the work of of uh, Isabel Sarli and Armando Bo, and that that gave me more context uh right. it, you know yeah. before the internet and everything else yeah. so the the films were, were not they were not shown on television in argentina well that's that's kind of thing they were starting to be shown in the 90s on cable mm. so basically here's here's my point and here's what i think it's it's to me the most interesting and and relevant thing about who isabel sarli is and and you know, I, I think she's a figure that doesn't have a counterpart in, uh, at least not in in the mainstream cinema that we know in in American cinema, I, not even mainstream, I would say, um, but in exploitation cinema that it's well known everywhere. Um, I, I I I would I would you know listen to your input on this because obviously there might be a figure like this in Sweden. It's the only place where I think there might be someone similar. Mm. But this is the thing. Isabel Sarli did the first full frontal nudity in the history of Argentinian cinema, probably one of the first in Latin American mm. cinema in the 50s. <clears throat> so she went from the 50s on, you know, the 60s, the 70s, where, where I think is when, when she reached her peak as right. a as a bomb shell, mm. um, you know, as a, as as this this mythical figure that she became. Um, so when, that so was a span of twenty four years, right? Only to that to that point, but then you have so at the mid mid seventies, and we're gonna see that like the the production of of their films kind of slowed down and finally stopped. Mm. And this was because the, the in Argentina uh, we had like our most uh, you know uh, horrible uh, of the of the uh, dictatorships. Yes. So f so far we had some other dictatorships, and I'm not saying they were they were any good, mm -hmm. but they were not as terrible as the last one that started in '76. That's when you know my. My parents had to flee the country, and thirty thousand people were kidnapped and mm -hmm. killed, and raped, and tortured, and so many horrible things. Yeah. So, at this point, you can see that they they slow down and they kind of stop doing what they were doing. Um, but then, when the democracy uh, came back in the early eighties, all those films started to be shown again mm -hmm. in theaters. So this new generation in the 80s started to see these films in these, uh, you know, low-life <laughs> uh, rerun theaters in Argentina. Okay. And when it could be, you know, when, when you could say the life of these films was over, then the cable started to show them. So basically my generation, which was, you know, much younger, um, growing up in the 90s, we were exposed suddenly to all these Isabel Sarli 
films and they made a big impression on us as uh, adolescents. I can say that, uh, you know, my uh, my classmates, the people that, you know, uh, were from my generation, they were they were very impressed still by yeah. these by these films. So you're talking about someone who was a major, major uh, sex symbol from the 50s to the 90s. We're not talking about, you know, someone like Marilyn Monroe, that it's who I can think of, you know, that, okay, yeah, everybody knows, you know, 70 years later, Marilyn Monroe, but I don't think it, you know, it makes the impression for, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the next generations as it made probably in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Uh, and this woman made that impression in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, she was our main, you know, uh, uh, sex symbol yeah. for all those years. Um, but she was never a big export. She wasn't, no. No, and this is something that took uh, took me a, a, a quite a while to understand because she did make, well, she did make a bunch of films through Latin America. Mm. You know, in, in Latin America in general, I can't even say that she is a character that is so well remembered. Like I oh, found okay. here in Mexico lobby cards of of uh, some of her films. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, she had she she was in competition. Like her biggest competition was the the blonde bombshell Libertad Blanc, and I think that Libertad Blanc's films, for some reason, traveled more than Isabel Sarli's films. It's interesting because I mean uh, the way I yeah. see her, she seems so much larger than life, and uh, she could have been up there with like Sofia Loren or Brigitte Bardot. I think you know maybe the, yeah, she was doing yeah. two CD films because those two were in mainstream but still i mean sure. and even as i think you were thinking about christina Lindbergh in sweden yeah i mean she yeah. was exported and and she made films in germany she made films in japan sure. and you know i found posters from all over the world her films really traveled and and so strange that the same didn't happen with this yeah Sarri. i think yeah i think i think some of her films traveled but they traveled also like in in such sketchy uh, um, uh, theaters and you know mm. they were seen in such weird ways as, as we will talk about one of the films particularly that you know one of one of the versions that, that we're going to be talking about is like completely chopped and it's it's something really weird uh, so uh, you know but I think it, it was also the fact that she and we're gonna give now a, a bit of background about her, but you know, I think it was also the fact that she was always working with his romantic partner uh, Armando Bo. Mm. Uh, I think that I think that was a big a big element because I I know she received offers from Hollywood oh. to work on 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 films. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. She was she was offered parts on films by Robert Aldrich and you know some other directors and I think it was something there there was something there in the relationship she had with with uh, Armando that she wouldn't she wouldn't go and do it right so that that kind of stopped her international yeah. prospects maybe yeah yeah and yeah. and of course uh, there's so many things to talk about but it's interesting that that. Um, well, I've read up on her. She started out as Miss Argentina in uh, 1955. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. She she came from from a very poor family. She was from a from a province in Argentina. She wasn't from from Buenos Aires or mm. anything. Uh, and she came from a very very poor family, in a very you know uh, poor background. And she she became Miss Argentina, and I think she was one of the the she was on the finals for uh, Miss Universe. I think it was. Yeah. 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 And at that time she she actually you know she 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 became a big a big thing in argentina and she you know there there were there is this reference that she met back in the day general peron who was the the president in argentina contrary to popular belief um uh, general peron was a, a democratic uh president in argentina he yeah. wasn't yeah so um uh, you know, she. she so I, I, my guess, and this is this is kind of an important thing because I think that um, that that has a relationship probably with the demise of her career in the second half of the seventies, because uh, everybody who was kind of in favor of of Perón in the during the dictatorship, they were like enemies for the. Yeah. you know for, yeah. for the for the junta yeah. so you know there are there they, uh, to me it's, it was never really clear what were her political you know stances but mm. uh you know she had that connection from her early age and there is another fun connection that it's uh uh paco jamandreu i think it's his name i, I if i remember correctly he was the one who made the costumes yeah. for her through most of her movies, and he was the same guy who was who made the costumes for Eva Peron. Oh, okay. and he was a big yeah, friend. Yeah, so there's a connection there too. Yeah, course, there's yeah. A, there's a big connection. So yeah. so I think I think there you know I think there is a there is a certain you know relationship there with that. However, uh, just putting a little a little bit more of, of political context here, and I, I yeah. hope we don't we don't no, lose I'm, I'm our audience. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, but that there is there is a counterpart to that. So th these people were never considered also like very you know uh, progressive or anything like that. No. And I think because you know one of the the biggest reasons uh, that for that to happen is that um, uh, Victor Bo, who was the son of Armando and the you know this this uh, beautiful young actor young stud yeah. that appear with isabel in in many of the movies he became the lead in in some of the in a, in a saga of films that i think there were silly and i think for the most part pretty harmless but many people have considered them to be the biggest uh propaganda that was made uh. for the juntas during the 70s it was so, the, the series of film called Los Superagentes the Super Agents okay. but they had references to one of the most brutal corps in uh, you know there the, the, the Policia right. Federal yeah and uh, you know you would see them driving this green uh, fa uh, Ford Falcon which was the, the model of cars that these people used uh, in the repression to to kidnap people yeah. and to take them to the, the centers where they would be tortured yeah. so you know in the, in the history hasn't been you know 
uh, good with with those films. You know, when you see them in retro in retrospect, they they seem a bit you know tasteless right. uh, on that. But I think they were. Uh, I don't I don't think they were trying to be uh, propaganda. In my opinion, I think they were just silly you know commercial things that this guy was doing without thinking much of it no were uh, they supported but, financially by by the uh, government i don't think i don't think they were but they they gave them like some resources of right. like okay you can shoot here you, you, they were supported in a way by by the by the government but i you know i think that they were you know they were trying to make some sort of silly you know spy adventure right. yeah. kind so of Armando, movies around the both films are those, so both connected with 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 Peron and with with the <laughs> with the yeah. with the junta yeah. that's weird so i think that that's that's the reason why nobody kind of liked them after right. that you know I it see. was like nobody nobody wanted to approach them much because because i mean know, armando's films they were never really political were they I know some. No. Actually, two of them are about union. I think about workers. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. And if you want, we can we can start talking about the first one actually, because the first one that we're going to be talking about is Thunder in the Leaves. Yeah. It's 1956 or 57. 57 I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 57. Let's do that. Yeah. And, and and Thunder in the Leaves, it's actually, it's not set in Argentina, it's set in Paraguay. Mm -hmm. But this was uh, written by Augusto Roabastos, who was the biggest, um, the biggest uh, uh, writer from Paraguay ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote the original book and he wrote the script for this one. Mm. Uh, the guy, you know, it was like, he was a big deal in literature in the in the 20th century he he won some of the most prestigious awards for for uh, sp spanish-speaking writers right. and uh, and this film particularly talks about you know uh, uprisings you know and and, and and class struggles and things like that uh, you know in the in the background of uh, uh, of, of Paraguay and this was, uh, I think he wrote the book right before uh, the the big um, uh, uh, military government took, uh, you know, took took the power okay. uh, yeah. for m more than more than thirty years in mm. Paraguay. So so it, it is political. It does talk about you know very you know uh, political things that were going on in paraguay i think in, in a way yeah. you know it, it makes reference i think to that but i don't think uh yeah i, I agree i don't think uh armando as a director was a, a very political guy because I, I guess no one remembers uh thundering the leaves for for the um the revolution the political yeah 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 absolutely they they remember it for having the first uh nude scene in the history of Argentinian cinema.
Um, and uh, but one of the funny things, though, uh, is that you know there is all this story about uh, you, you probably read it. it. It's one of the most quoted stories about this Sally. They say this thing that she didn't know that she was gonna be uh, filmed naked. Yeah, should have a body uh, stocking or something. Yeah. Yeah, and and at the last minute he said, "No way, you're gonna do it naked," but look at the camera and she looked through the lens and the lens was uh, what they say is that it was a 35 millimeter lens and she was like oh, okay so I'm gonna be seen like very small and then when she turned around he changed it for a 150 lens and suddenly we were right there next to her Close up, yeah. and when you when you and it's it's a I think it's a lot of fun that that anecdote has caught you know so so much uh you know relevance yeah. and uh, through the years because when you see the film it's totally false like <laughs> that's not the way that oh, it was shot okay. scene was shot mm. at all no. like it's it's obvious that she was completely happy and knowing knowingly doing what she was doing yeah. uh the, the the shot has like the, the scene, sorry, has like 10 to 15 different uh, angles. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then so it can it's be, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it mm, can be true. And the one, where you, the one where you see her uh, 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 more clearly naked, like there's a couple of shots that are taken from, from, uh, uh, from a wider perspective because they are supposed to be the perspective of the people who is, is peeking through the, you know, the... the the trees and oh, yeah. stuff they're, they're looking at her right so th you have those angles but the angles where you see her clearly naked those shots are made really close to her and she's smiling and she's having a great time yeah. so basically to me it was like okay how can we make this sound in 1950s like you're not let's say this way like you're not a whore yeah, you're yeah, okay. you're you're you, a respectable woman she was coerced oh, you've been, to do it yeah yeah, yeah you you've been tricked by yeah. this guy oh what yeah. a fucker but <laughs> the, it's it's clearly not the case and clearly of course not the case. after this she made 26 more roles with him yeah. where she yeah, was completely exactly. naked in all of them <laughs> and also became exactly. became his lover and and this is part of what i i really am curious about she mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they had a relationship for all of those years uh, but he was yeah. still married and had three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and and the mm, I I think what f helped to create this weird myth about her making her like this, you know, larger than life character was the fact that she usually appeared on the screen having sex scenes with uh, the son. Of with Victor, uh, yes. Armando, yeah, with Victor Law. Yeah. So she was having these relationships with her stepson. Let's put it this way, mm. while he, while the father was shooting that, and in some other scenes where they were fighting, the both men were fighting to get her. Oh, yeah. uh, like it happens on on the Naked Temptation, for instance. Mm. This is this is you know stuff to to for the tabloids and for all this stuff like to, to create a yeah. huge myth, and that's what that's what happened you know. And, yeah, okay, and it's, yeah. It's and of course, of uh, Armando was twenty-one years her senior. 
Yeah, which is he also was twenty-one. Yeah, he was twenty-one years he, her senior, yeah. and at the same time, she was, I think, like fifteen years older than uh, than Armando's son. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a strange triangle there. Yeah, and of course the <laughs> yeah. the mother some somewhere there was happy that uh, her husband earned money and yeah. paid for the mortgages and and the food. Yeah, the exactly. She never I, I to my knowledge she never said anything. No. You know? And then of course we have cool to squeeze in the interesting fact that Victor's two sons are major Hollywood well, players now. Yeah, well actually the, actually it's it's um it's Victor's son uh, who is called as his as the grandfather Armando? Yeah, okay. And he's and his nephew. Oh, nephew. His okay, nephew. sorry. Yeah, Nicolas Giacobone. Uh, Giacobone. Yeah. Nicolas Giacobone. The, both of them wrote the script for um, for beautiful. Uh, uh, Giacobone for wrote for beautiful. They wrote. They both wrote for Birdman, and they won the Oscar with Gonzalez Iñárritu. And and following the the saga of the family, the interesting thing is that the only thing that everybody talked about in Argentina, not about the fact that these two guys coming from this you know incredible family of filmmakers uh, were winning an Oscar, but they were only focused in the fact that I think I don't want to miss the fact here, but I think it was Jacobone mm. who had a a transsexual couple who. He was take, taken to the to the gala of the Oscars, and this became like the big gossip, and it kind of eclipsed every other you know fact Spectre. about the yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Very so interesting family, kind of, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and going back to 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 um, Isabel and and Armando, is that um, today someone would say that that he exploited her. Mm-hmm. And her looks. I mean, she, she, her, her, her figure is amazing. Her body is amazing. Yeah. Her, her yeah. boobs, everything. Um, so he must have thought that she was bankable, but she, he was probably also in love with her, I guess. So he had no problems in exposing her for for the audience to see. Sure, sure. But there is this this interesting fact also that. Uh, you know, there is this this idea that many of the close-ups of people, you know, touching her boobs and stuff, it was himself, and also the fact that has been brought up for all, uh, you know, uh, through the years that the 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 idea that he put his son to have these sex scenes with her is because he didn't trust that many people. Although there are other people, but they are. Also, if you if you look at it, ma- many of them are like recurring actors who so are the ones who are playing the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was kind of a family, a family matter. Yeah. Uh, how to how to handle the the nudity and these sex scenes with uh, with Isabel, and I think that was kind of one of the reasons why Isabel didn't go abroad to do other films Mm. Um, but I think that I have to say that she was she seemed to have been very uh, very happy with with her part of the deal I mean it's hard to you know hard to really know the nuances of, yes, of, of those course. I mean, 24 but, years tells you something that otherwise yeah yeah you know. yeah but also also the fact that after after uh, uh, Armando died 
she retired from acting. Yeah, like, exactly. and if if he was this this person who was, it was just him, like putting this coercion on, on her of not doing other stuff. She could have done that afterwards, sure. and she never, and she never really returned to the screen. Like she did a couple of appearances on, on TV series very, very later on, and she made a, a couple of of movies, uh, but not nothing, nothing that significant. One of the movies she made, actually, and I think this is as uh, on this podcast, this is this kind of relevant. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. One of the movies she made, like her comeback movie in the 90s, uh, it was called actually La Dama Regresa, The Lady Returns. Uh, and it was directed by a, a director named Jorge Polaco. A very interesting figure. He was a, a homosexual director who had like this fascination for this figure because this is also something very interesting about Isabel Sally. Uh, we still have to talk about you know the, the, the admiration she has from John Waters because yes. yeah. she's also she a gay did, icon yeah yeah she had like a very big impact on the gay community mm-hmm. which is which is I think very interesting so she basically did this film that was her her uh, comeback with with this director this director i think the link that they probably had was through uh, through armando son through through the actor victor okay, uh, yeah. when when the democracy came back to argentina he kind of retired from acting and he he did he produced a couple of films and one of the films that that uh, Victor produced was a very, very strange case in Argentina. Like, I, I don't think there's another case like that. It was a film called Kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, it was made in 87 or 88, I think. And it was the strangest fucking thing. It, it, he, you know, this, this director, like, you know, the, the same director who who made the Lady Returns made this film produced by by Victor Bo and it was a film that dealt with uh, child abuse and for some reason someone uh, sparked the, the the rumor that this film before it was released that this film had these uh, child pornography scenes. Uh, it was actually like a like a lady of the high society who said sent a letter to a to a newspaper saying that she had seen uh, these degenerates and and per- perverts mm-hmm. shooting a film um, uh, right in her neighborhood where there were kids touching each other or something like that. Oh, and the film the film was banned oh. without anyone seeing it. Not even the judge oh. saw the film no. before he banned it, yeah. and the film remained banned for thirty years. And it's like the only time something like that ever happened in Argentina, which is really fucking interesting. Yeah. So I'd like to go back to uh, nineteen sixty, which is the next film we have, which is called Heat in English, and obviously it was shown on Forty Second Street in New York. But the original title is Y el demonio creó a los hombres, yeah. which means what? The demon believed in the man, or the demon? The demon created created, created the man. man. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. And this yeah, has yeah, a yeah, theme 
which actually comes back in another film. And I think that's also something that I, I've seen now reading up on the films is that there are recurring themes. And this is a woman washed ashore. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is a theme that appears again in in the Naked Temptation, mm. which I think it, it appears uh, much better, much better than this one. Yeah. Um, I I think Heat is is you know it's an it's an interesting attempt and it's something that it's like trying to to go in a certain direction um, and 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 I, that has to be said. Heat has the what it's considered the most famous line like it's a it's a kind of a catchphrase that it's it's uh very famous in 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 argentina i don't think i don't think that many people knows this particular film mm. but that phrase has become like a legend like every time you talk about isabel sarli the people will will quote or will misquote actually mm. this film um, I, I think that the misquote that people uses is uh, "Que pretende usted de mí?" When I think the actual phrase is, I think it's "Que pretende de mí," right? But uh, it's a it's a great line. It's kind of difficult to 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 translate. But it's it's in 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 a particular scene when she's on the on the beach and she's you know swimming and she sees that that. Um, that Victor Boyce is uh, looking at her from in the in the beach, and she approaches him and she says, "What do you What do you want from me?" Yeah, that would be like the literal translation, but right, the way okay, she yeah. says it, it's so good. It's like she's half naked, and she says it with this tone, like obviously he wants to fuck her, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like there's obviously. no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. But it's like, what do you want from me? Yeah. But there is like the, the way she says it and the word pre, uh, pretende, which is what are your intentions towards right. me? Yeah. Something like that. It's so good. It's so good that everybody, when you talk about uh, Isabel Sarli in Argentina, they will, well, they uh, yeah. will but tell is, is it tell also that, used that like in everyday language? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people uses it mm. and not knowing exactly where it where it comes from. Cool. So you have to give that to this to yeah. this movie. That's amazing. I think I think a lot of people actually thinks and and it's in the imaginary of the people somehow that this line comes from the film Carne, mm. uh, which is uh, yeah, it's 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 afterwards. I think Carne is like the most popular um, film of her right, right? Okay. and and people kind of assume that everything is in that, that yeah yeah but right, also i right, think right. in heat there's another thing that that uh, it's not the main main thing in it but i think it's something that might upset people today and that they are they are clubbing a lot of sea lions for real oh yeah 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 just 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 for fun <laughs> it's like, it doesn't seem to have a purpose on the film right it's just yeah I, yeah i i found it like a bit disturbing weird yeah. but it's, disturbing. it's you know it's it's the sign of the times things were yeah, different absolutely. back then you know? absolutely yeah so yeah. Uh, and there were many of them so they, they, that it, it didn't seem to make a difference to them it's like mm. yeah, one less well who cares yeah exactly wow <laughs> 
I think that was the that was the that was the train of thought. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's I think you know I I, I thought I think it's a, it's kind of a a failed movie in my opinion. I think of the bunch that we are going to be dis discussing, yeah. I, I think this is the one that was to me less less fun and less appealing. Uh, Doesn't my body excite you? What's the matter? Aren't you a man? Maybe if you touched me. Maybe if you held me. I think we have another one that it's around the same time that it's uh, the female yeah or the female time 70 the, the female um, was the English title it was a bit it was actually the strange thing about that film was, was it was made in 62 in Argentina yeah and then it was uh, opened in in America in 68 with a completely different aspects of it and and it was not directed by Bo but but by the very very famous no. Leopoldo Torre Nilsson uh, yeah Leo Leopoldo Torre Nilsson to put in context is one of the considered widely considered one of the greatest Argentine filmmakers of all time um, and he clearly saw you know a bunch of of uh, Swedish movies of the 50s and he saw, you know, the potential in Isabel Sarli after the thunder in the leaves. Mm. And he said, you know, I'm going to do my 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 Swedish film. But, mm. you know, in, in the, the, the Argentinian version of this of this of these type of films. And um, I, I think it's a it's a I mean, it's interesting to compare the two versions. Um, I think the female uh, uh, you know the the American version has its strengths, and I have to say that it's very smart the way that they intercutted the things that they added, mm -hmm. and how they intercutted also uh, some of the original material of the film, uh, right. because the, the the I think the film the Argentinian film is not so good in terms of montage, in terms of how they use this structure. The story goes about this, this uh, prostitute who, who, who sees, uh, you know, well, she's, she's uh, with one of her clients, she sees a hole on the, uh, on the ceiling, on right? The roof, yeah, on the yeah, ceiling, yeah, yeah of, of her room, and this triggers something, some memory. What is this? Excuse my asking. Nothing. Get back to your job. You won't be so upset. You want to know something? Well, there's a white hole in the ceiling. There's a hole in there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. But don't let this place upset you. And then we go into a big flashback right. of what happened and, and a little epilogue. This happens so, to be the case in... in a bunch of her films also that they are told in flashback yeah, yeah in t told in flashbacks but you know for good measure they just added a bunch of absolutely gratuitous uh, sex scenes in the middle that were not obviously shot by Leopoldo Torrenilson mm. uh, but they are they are very very well 
uh, uh, mixed in the film. I have to say they, they they work really well. Like they yeah. seem even the the stock they used of the film and everything. It it kind of feels like you know it was shot at the same at the same time um, um, however the, the the Argentinian version doesn't have any nudity actually mm-hmm. I think I, I read somewhere that uh, Isabel Sarli sued the American distributors because they they shot these nude um, inserts uh, sure. of you know yeah. her su- supposed body uh, but it, uh, obviously the case was completely dismissed mm. um, uh, but but yeah this was the, the, yeah this was a very common practice and then uh, jumping back to her cooperation with, with uh, Armando Bo um, she uh, she is uh, washed ashore on another beach in the next film the naked yeah. temptation yeah and I have to say this is okay so the naked temptation aka Woman and Temptation, which was the the mainstream title that it was known by in the U.S. and uh, A.K.A. Uh, La Tentación Desnuda, which is the original title. I, I, to me, that this is my favorite okay. Isabel Sarli film cool. by far, and this is one that I actually used as a big big reference reference for one of my early films, I'll Never Die Alone. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a film that fascinates me. Um, and the funny thing, I was I had a blast uh, looking at the something weird video, uh, the Naked Temptation. Yeah. Um, because it's completely different <laughs> to okay. the original film, but to a point where it's absurd. Uh, <laughs> so. The, so to, to put it this way, the Naked Temptation, the La Tentación Desnuda, the original version, mm-hmm. runs for 105 minutes, I think. Right. And the Woman and Temptation version, if I'm not mistaken, runs for 85 minutes. But yeah, yeah. the Naked Temptation version runs for 52 minutes. So it was basically, I'm sure, something that they did to 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 feel a double or triple feature right. in some, you know, sleazy, sleazy uh, uh, theaters grindhouse, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, grindhouse theaters in a rerun later on. Uh, so they basically, what they did is like, they grabbed the already condensed version of, of The Woman Temptation and they just, they just took out, I think, probably the last two reels. So it's basically, it's not, I, I, when I saw that it was 52 minutes, I was like, okay, so they condensed the whole movie to 52 minutes, which, which would, would have, could have been a, an interesting experiment. Sure. No, they just, they just killed the last two the reels, which, wow. <laughs> the end yeah. of the movie. So it's basically, you, you get to a climatic scene that we have to admit that they, uh, they were smart and they, they ended the film there, That's which amazing. is completely amazing yeah. <laughs> and, I had a and lot it of actually fun says re- reading the something weird video liner notes it says the film ends abruptly suggesting that the english language version was truncated but even so yeah. it still packs a punch i love that yeah absolutely 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 i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a lot of fun to watch that version and to be like it, it had this sense 
of of what it would have been like to be on a on a on a on a grindhouse theater yeah. just watching this movie and suddenly boom uh, fuck off you yeah. know just <laughs> it's over go home it's over yeah yeah yeah, yeah. go but get the, some you popcorn know, this and, is actually and some... we'll start with another one yeah this is actually something we have been discussing at culpix to do a, a season of double bills i mean films that were uh -huh. meant to be screened together like you know I eat your skin, I drink your blood, those type of things. Uh -huh. So it would be really yeah. interesting to put this in, in a triple bill, you know, Sarlo theme yeah. or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I had a lot of fun with it. But the, the, the longer version, I mean, if, if there is anyone there who wants to venture into Argentinian films without subtitles, uh, there are a few films, including this one, on the very cool... Uh, page of the Argentinian Film Institute. Uh, yeah. It's called Cine Cinear, and and there you can watch the the whole thing. I think the the, the biggest problem, and the, this was why I thought it was interesting to see a, a chopped version, yeah. is that it it's it's a bit too long. Okay, the yeah. the original film, right? It, it, as I say, it was a hundred and five minutes. It, it should have probably been a ninety minute film to be like super. Uh, super cool but it's basically you know it's this this story of a woman that appears on an island you never know how she's supposed to have fallen from a yacht mm -hmm. in the middle of a of a party nice. and she appears on this on this kind of deserted island where she finds a man um, uh, portrayed by by Armando Bo who um, who is a religious fanatic and sees her as like as the the big temptation that God is sending, and oh, you know okay. he has to be strong, mm. and he has to he has to you know he, he has to uh, yeah try not to fall for that temptation. But at the same time, other people who live in the island or that, that have business in the island, uh, they start seeing her, and they all start going crazy and lust her. And they all want to rape her, of course, yeah. because it's a it's a Balsali movie. And um, so basically, the the these these uh, religious fanatic starts falling in love uh, with her, and she starts falling in love with him. But there is this imminent danger that becomes a real thing when they decide to just go ahead and, and rape her. Was it so wrong to give in, Jose? You were right. Will you ever forgive me for all I said to you? I never knew it could be like this. Can we ever know the meaning of love? For as long as I live, I'll never forget this moment. Please don't ever say I have to go. I love you. Center away. Two-faced rat. He just wanted to have her all to himself. I can't believe it. Shut up! And then it turns into some sort of really weird rape and revenge survival thing through this island that it's so nasty. The island is really nasty. It's really aggressive, the, the landscape. 
Right. Uh, it seems al almost like a Japanese film, like these, like Onibaba yeah. or something yeah. like this, where you have like these, these things that are the rural, ugly parts with this black and white uh, photography that looks really nasty, really aggressive. Um, and that's something that needs to be said about uh, Isabel Sarli, because in the last sequence I mean she has a lot of moments like this through the film but in the yeah. last sequence of the of the longer version she goes uh not not swimming like it's, it's this kind of of river but it's like a it's like a swamp more like a swamp That's than okay. a river yeah. you know and she goes like swimming through this swamp like just moving all the uh, how you call this um the straws yeah the reeds the, the, yeah the, the reeds yeah the, yeah 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 that is that is super thick and she goes like pushing all these 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 things away while she's uh, uh swimming and you see such a commitment from isabel sarli that it's impressive yeah. and it, this 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 happens over and over again you see that in fuego when she's there in where it's one of the most famous scenes she ever made like she's uh uh doing this thing with the snow like oh, yeah like yeah. putting the snow through all her body and having sex in this in the snow and she is a fucking trooper yeah. which is amazing because she was she was a diva she was a total diva but well, at the same time respect. you see yeah, yeah. you see a commitment to do these crazy scenes these scenes that are you know really uh r really Tough you, to do. you know yeah uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah i don't think many actors would be no. up to the challenge of those scenes no and i'm also and thinking just... of, of, of reading about about carne from 68 where she's raped yeah. on a bed of frozen cattle it, carcasses yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, not absolutely. very diva thing to do no 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 and she she did all that stuff uh, with a commitment that I think it's it's impressive. It's yeah. impressive. It's one of the things that you you see, and and I think you know, uh, John Waters always talks about that scene in Fuego with the with the snow, and that it was a big uh, uh, influence on what he would do a couple of years later on Pink Flamingos. Right. And yeah. and and you can see that because it's that kind of commitment and craziness and thing that okay now i'm gonna put somebody to eat dog shit here yeah, and yeah. they're gonna pull it off you know and then yeah. they're gonna do this this crazy thing with total commitment to the to the crazy story that we're telling here uh and, and i think there is there is you know something to be said about that because uh, other you know obviously it's it's you know it's crazy and it's not you know it's not like uh, it, it has a lot of flaws but there's something there that i think it's really cool i think that's the next we have in line which is carne yeah exactly actually yeah so so here's the thing carne is the the only one i got to see when i was a teenager on 35 millimeter wow. on a on a theater mm. and and Carne to me is the quintessential uh, Isabel Sarli film. Like right. I, I would, I would say that if somebody wants to see just one Isabel Sarli film, it's this one. I mean, even though I think the Naked Temptation is my favorite and everything, but the, the, if you want to understand what Isabel Sarli is, I think Carne 
represents everything. And I was saying before, I think this is one of the reasons why people think all the catchphrases and all the things are from carne because it represents this. And I think one of, there are two things here. It's the, her age. I think she was on her late thirties or, you know, almost Mm-hmm. reaching okay. her 40s yeah. and I think this is the peak of her beauty right. as much as she was a very young you know beautiful woman when she started I think that she's a she's a woman that that became you know this beautiful you know amazing to look at woman in this moment of her career mm-hmm. and also there is a very important fact that this is the moment where they transition. I don't know. It's probably not this film specifically, but this is the moment where they they made the transition to color films. Oh, right. And I think seeing her in color with these, uh, you know, the, the costumes by Paco Hamandreu and all these things is like, that's Isabel Sarli. Like right. that's her, you know, like, like, yeah, there's there's the beauty of her and the colors and everything that makes it like you know a, a, a wonderful thing. And and also it's a it's a film that has like a very strange work, an interesting work in terms of color, because there are these reels and these scenes that are shot monochromatic, also right. like representing some sort of you know of of, of conceptual thing that I. I can't grasp okay, yeah. <laughs> completely, but but I think it's there, and it's basically also you know go going back to this fine line where it was not polit- political, but it kind of was, because this film is uh, set on the with the background of the of the meat markets and all the you know all the workers uh, of the of the slaughterhouses yeah, or stuff like that yeah yeah stuff like that yeah 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 which is a big deal in argentina obviously where one of the biggest things there is the the you know the yeah. the, the, the meat is is it's a crucial thing but but you see a background that is really poor and you see a background that it's it has this this flavor of the of the villas which is the name in argentina to what people most commonly known for the for the Brazilian name of the favelas you oh, know, yeah. this, okay, this yeah. type yeah. of of background of very poor neighborhoods you know you you see her only just walking from her 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 low uh, class house through a, a railway um, uh, road to the to the factory where she works uh, and it's it's very oppressive, really. And it talks about these, you know, these working class people, and it's about these working class dramas, and you know, a, a, a working class woman having to be exposed to, you know, to a lot of uh, um, unsafe situations. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's. Uh, really cool and it, it's also like a moment where they kind of strip the um, the the uh, the narrative of right. everything else that they kind of had to put there for whatever reasons for the censorship 
or whatever. It's yeah. just what it is. Right. It's her, you know, being abused by men over and over and over and over again through the whole film. It's just kind of a, a bunch of of sequences of these abuses, uh, you know, in contrast of her love relationship with um, with Victor. with Victor Bo. But also, it's, I mean, this is so far from glamorous that you can get with, yeah, with a prima donna or a diva. So it's, it's yeah. really rough. It is. It is. It is. And I think this is, this is, I mean, for all these reasons, I think this is the one that condenses that universe in a, in a, in a unique way. And then, of course, we have the, the as uh, something weird call it, the delirious kitsch classic, Fuego. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. is the most. Uh, famous one, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, in Argentina, I would dispute that with mm -hmm. with Carne. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think the trilogy would be Carne, Fuego, and Fiebre, mm -hmm. which is the one uh, we're we're not going to be talking much about it today. I haven't seen it in in many years, but uh, Fuego is the one where she has these um this thing uh, for animals so okay <laughs> yeah that was kind of a taboo thing uh in, in back in the day so uh, well it still is i think mm. uh so th th that's kind of the trilogy that right. that okay yeah. made her the real classic but in yeah. my opinion it is more carne than fuego right. the thing is fuego Fuego, I think, had more uh, international um, projection. Yeah, than, and, than and that's the one that, that, that John Waters has been talking about mainly as well. Yeah. Yeah. Make yourself comfortable. Don't worry. It's a hetero film. Well, a hetero film for gay people to marvel at. Big tits, a ludicrous theme song, nudist camp colors, politically incorrect lesbians. We got it all here tonight. You think gay people act crazy about sex? Wait till you see how nuts straight people can be. Fuego is the title of the South American movie, and as the tawdry coming attraction screamed in 1969, Fuego means fire. Fuego was even banned in its own country the year it was released. Reading through her filmography, and, and especially the films we are screening, um, here she plays a nymphomaniac, and that's also something that comes back again and again. Well, but that's the thing. That's the thing, though. I think that starting in I, I don't know which which one is is before, but Desnuda and La Arena and Fuego start to show a different side uh, that I think it's interesting, mm. which is less of the abuse. I think this is a conscious idea that they that they took. Yeah. And it's less of the abused woman and more of a woman who is kind of in charge right. of her sexuality. Um, if you see Desnuda en la Arena, Desnuda en la Arena is 
by far the most joyful of okay, the yeah. bunch that we are talking yeah. about. And I it's, mean, a, there, it's the same there. year as Fuego. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically these two films are, you know, Fuego is a nymphomaniac and Desnuda en la Arena is a, is a, is a, a, a widow who decides to use men for her purpose uh, after being lost uh, by by lots of men who just want to to take advantage of her she decides to reverse this and she she kind of starts working with the con man um uh, portrayed by by victor bo and and she decides to to fuck all these men uh literally and and not so literally um, and and it's interesting to see her, you know, changing from 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 you know from the role of the victim to to this other more empowered role. But when I say this, it sounds like a woke thing or something like that. But I think it's just something a, a natural progression that happened there yeah. in their in their relationship. That it's really cool. See, and also, I mean, it's, it's it's, really this is after 1968 with the student revolution and, and yeah. people, yeah. women were, were more empowered, yeah. I guess, as, as time went on. Absolutely. And the other one, Fuego, is, yeah, it's this uh, story of a nymphomaniac who falls in love for the character, in this case of Armando Bo, uh, who wants to, you know, who wants to control her. My beloved, you're so voluptuous. I love you. Really, I do mean it. I must have you. Is this a proposal of marriage, my darling? Yes. I do intend to marry you, Laura. Even though it's risky, I could be unfaithful. I'm willing to take any risk. It doesn't matter. Uh, but finally, the, the outcome of the film is that he... Um, uh, I mean, the, 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 the fun outcome of the film is that he decides that, okay, I will accept you as you are. You're an infomaniac. That's, that's good with me. You love me, right? Yeah, yeah, I love you. Okay, so that's, that's all I need to know, yeah. which is really good. But then it has like, a, like, an, ep, like an epilogue, like, an, a, like an, another ending where she has to suicide herself because she can't take it anymore. I think this is kind of an afterthought of, for the censorship. Mm. It was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's just put this so they, they, leave, they, they make them happy. But I think the real cool uh, uh, ending is, is the previous one. Right? right, I see, yeah. And I also have to, speaking of, of fans of, of her, there was a journalist at New York Times who really loved her, and he wrote, writes uh -huh. this about Fuego. Isabel Sarli squeezes more sexual frisson into the space between breathing in and breathing out than most of us could spread over a lifetime of ordinary lovemaking. Man, can't be, can't be said any better than that. I love that. That's absolutely... Absolutely amazing. Speaking absolutely of her larger-than-life aspect, I mean. Yeah, really... yeah, absolutely. So she basically, you know, after Fuego, she, you know, she continued making uh, a few more films, and one that it's to me, uh, I would say, to me, to me, the, the three films that I'm most fond of are The Naked Temptation, Carne, and the third one is Embrujada, which is the, the, the horror approach the couple. Uh, you know the the, the the approach they made to the horror genre, 
um, which deals with the with the mythical figure of El Pombero, which is kind of the the version of the devil. Es él. Es él. Es el Pombero. Déjame. Es él. No puede ser. Sí. Es él. Estoy segura. Que venga ahora. Si llega a aparecer, lo parto de un machetazo. ¡Ay! ¡No! And it's so much fun. I think it's probably, you know, among the most most camp uh, things imaginary that you will see on a on a Sally Bo movie. Right. Uh, you will find it in Embrujada, but it's so much fun. I think we covered most of of yes. the highlights of this career, and I think that you know after after you know I think Embrujada is seventy six. I think it yeah. is. So it's basically after that year that the uh, military dictatorship started that, you know, they they made a couple more efforts, they made a couple more things, and and then and then uh, Armando died oh, yeah, yeah. in the early 80s. Yeah. So basically, that was it. Thanks for all of these insights and all of this history that is so new to, to me and to, probably to many others. And um, I hope people will have a look at these films and uh, really enjoy them because I mean I really enjoyed just watching the posters and the stills just researching these films because yeah, they are yeah. so amazing and, and Isabel Sarri yeah, is such really an amazing uh, woman really yeah 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 absolutely absolutely it's a, it's a figure that needs to be reevaluated uh, worldwide I yeah, think definitely yeah. So thank you very, very much, Adrian, for taking your time. And uh, I hope we'll have you back on our podcast talking about other films because I know you, you know your film history. I hope so too, man. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs>